Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The process of freedom. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13. And we're going to read just two verses this morning. Exodus 13, we're going to read two verses. The Bible tells us something very interesting in the verses of scripture that we're going to be reading. And that interesting thing the Lord was telling us, the Lord, spoke, the, Lord was, uh, the Lord spoke in that verse of scripture, is how he was going to take the children of Israel that had just been delivered from, from the captivity in Egypt, how he was going to take them to the promised land. That was the interesting thing that I want to talk about. And if you back up a little bit from, verse, uh, from uh, uh, Exodus 13, reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells us there that the Lord started speaking to Moses. He started giving Moses some specific instruction on how Israel was, on how Israel was supposed to consecrate their firstborn unto him. The Lord started telling him how they were going to keep the, fa- the feast of the unliving bread. The Lord gave them instruction why they must do it and how they must rehearse it to themselves and to their children. By the time you get to verse number 17, which is where we are going today, Exodus chapter 13, verse number 17, the Bible tells us something very, very interesting. The Bible says that now Pharaoh has released the children of Israel. Okay, from captivity. But God decided to do something interesting. God decided to do something not uh, that, that was unusual. Let's pick the story up in verse number 17. The Bible tells us in verse 17, And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. For God said, Lest perhaps the people change their mind when they see war and return to Egypt. Verse 18. So God let the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly rank out of the land of Egypt. Now from this verse of scripture there are a couple of things I want you to pay attention to. The first one that I want you to pay attention to is in verse seven, uh, that verse number 17. The Bible tells us that Pharaoh eventually released the children of Israel after going through a lot of punishment. Why he went through I don't know but that's a different story. But after the Lord God Almighty has rained a lot of the, a lot of uh, plague upon the children of the, upon the Egyptians, Egyptians eventually let him go. The Bible said that you will notice that Pharaoh let them go. They were, the Israelites are now free to get you know, free of the bondage of Egypt. They are no longer under the control of the Egyptians. They were, they are, that was what the passage of the scripture is telling us. They are now heading to the promised land. Now the second thing I want you to notice from the verse of scripture that we read is this. You will notice in the verse of the scripture, verse number 17, the Bible says then it came to pass. When Pharaoh had let the people go, then look at the next statement. He said, then that God did not lead them by the way, by the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. In other words, instead of using the short route, the Lord decided to take the children of Israel in a very long scenic route. Okay? 
The Lord decided to ignore the shortcut. He decided that they were not going to go into Israel. They were not going to go into the promised land the short way. The Lord gave them what I refer to as the journey through the wilderness. And the question that comes to mind is this. Why in the world would God do that? These people have been sitting in captivity for 400 years. Okay? They have been waiting to be delivered. Now they are delivered. God now say, okay, I think you guys can wait a little bit more. Let's now take a walk around the wilderness. Let's just keep seeing what is going on. All the dry land, all the snakes and all this. I mean, let's just go around the wilderness. Why will God do that? It's just like somebody who has been fasting and waiting to be released. And all of a sudden, the guy says, oh, you can wait another four, you can wait for 40 more years and just walk around. I mean, it looks unreasonable. It looks to be out. It doesn't make sense. Now, Pharaoh has finally released the people. Now, God now decided to say he's going to take the people through the city crowd. And you begin to ask yourself, why will God do that? But before we ask why, 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 why God is doing that, the third thing I want you to notice is the reason why God felt he was going to do that. Okay? Why God took them through the wilderness. Look at that chapter. Look at that same, uh, that same verse of the scripture. The Bible tells us that, the Bible tells us that God said, I'm taking these people through the long route. I'm taking them through the difficult journey of the wilderness because, look at the verse, uh, verse number 17 again. Then it came to pass. When Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although it was near. For God says, lest perhaps the people change their mind when they see war. And return unto Egypt. So in other words. The Lord is saying. That because these people might change their mind. Because these people are not ready to face the challenges that the, that the world is about to throw at them. Because these people are still new. Just coming out of captivity. I don't want to take them through this way. I'm taking them through a place where they will not have that kind of trouble. Now this is a very very unusual reason. For somebody who has been waiting 400 years. To get into the promised land. Very unusual reason. And it forces you to ask the question, why would the Lord want, why would the people want to return to Egypt when they see war? Why would the children of Israel want to go back to Egypt after they have been delivered? I mean, they have spent 400 years in bondage. They have lived in terrible condition. Their children have been killed. The Bible says that their sons were separated from them. They were thrown into the Niles. The children, the Egyptians were not their bodies. These people prayed for deliverance. They asked for deliverance. And now the Lord is saying that because they have the potential of going back to Egypt, I'm going to take them to the city. Why would they want to go back? Why would anybody want to go back into, the, into, into captivity? Now, Israel is driven, but why would they want to go back into God knows that Israel will probably want to go back because, number one, slavery is a lot easier than freedom. That looks like, it's, it, it looks like a very contradictory statement. But it is very easy to be a slave than to be a free man. The reason is because it is easy for somebody to think for you than for you to think for yourself. It is easy for somebody to have them to take responsibility for you than for you to take responsibility for yourself. It is easy for somebody to tell you that when you wake up in the morning, do X, Y, and Z. And than for you to say, when I wake up, I will do X, Y, and Z. It is easy to live in slavery than to live in freedom. That's why the Lord did, that's why the Lord knows that these people, when they see opposition, they will go back. Number two reason. God knows that they will want to go back into Egypt when they realize that freedom requires responsibility. Because right now it's all good. Moses has been doing miracle. There was a, there was a frog. There was snap. There was fire from heaven. The water was. Talking. I mean, they were seeing this magic going on, and all of a sudden they are now walking out. Everybody is singing kumbaya, and they are going to the promised land. The Lord said, "These people don't know what they are getting themselves into." 
And as soon as trouble shows up, these people will want to go back because, tr- because freedom is, requires responsibility. No longer can they blame the Egyptians for their, for their misfortune. They are now responsible for their own future. And God is saying, when that realization dawns upon them, they want to go back. Number three. Why would the Egyptian, why would the Israelite want to go back into captivity? God knows that they will want to go back when they, when they understand that freedom demands discipline. That you cannot be free unless you are disciplined. You cannot be free unless you know how to restrain yourself. You cannot be free unless you know how to be able to control every, every, every part of your life and put it under restraint. If you don't know how to do it, you are going to live in bondage. God knows that. And because he knows that, and he knows that the children of Israel for 400 years, they have never practiced, they have never, they, they have never practiced discipline. They have always been what? They have always been told what to do. They have always been told how to walk. They have always been told with you. They have always been given responsibility. And the difference between discipline from external forces and discipline of self-control or self-management, that particular discipline is what they do, have not learned. And the Lord is saying, when that realization comes to them, they want to go back. Okay? God knows that Israel will like to go back. Israel will want to go back when they realize that freedom that they have just been given requires self-management. Nobody will manage your time for you. That is why you see when the kids get out of school, get out of house, after high school, they think they are, they are big girls. They think they are big boys. I'm 18 now. I can vote. I can do whatever I want. Okay? You now get to campus. Nobody wakes you up in the morning. Nobody tells you what to eat. Nobody tells you if you shower or if you don't shower. Nobody tells you, I mean, you are on your own. What you do with your time is your time. That's why the very first semester result is always very terrible. Even for good students. Because number one, they have all this freedom and they don't know what to do with it. And the Lord is saying, the children of Israel for 400 years have been told what to do. Now I am setting them free. When they are free and they have not learned the discipline of self-management... When trouble shows up, they will say, ah, I think I want my mommy. And that is what happens to most of these college students when they first get. They want to go back home because at home it is safe. At home it is controlled. At home, mommy thinks for them. At home they have a personal chauffeur, their dad that drives them around. They have a personal cook that cooks for them. They have a personal house cleaner that cleans all their, you know, where they throw their clothes all over the place. Somebody's picking up after them. But in college, nobody does that for them. And this, the Lord is saying, when the children of Israel realize that this is what, uh, this is what freedom requires, self-management. They will say, no, I don't think I want this thing. They will go back. So that's why. And finally, God realized. God, want, God knows that when the children, the children realize that this freedom that they have been handed over, that they have been, that they have been given, is a very difficult commodity to keep and to maintain. So they will want to go back. Okay? And God knows that Israel will want to go back as soon as they come to realize that what they have gotten themselves into. Yes, freedom is good, freedom is good, freedom is good. But when you time, when it's time to pay for it, that's when you know that this is a very expensive business. And God is saying, when Israel realizes that, they will say, God, ah, I think we can change our mind. They will have what is called a buyer's remorse. And God is now saying that because I don't want them to have a buyer's remorse, because I don't want them to begin to do the things that they have got, that they are used to doing, I will take them through the synagogue. group. That's why many of us, you find in January, you make up your mind, you say you want to lose weight. You say you want to begin to eat healthy. You say you want to begin to exercise. But by the time you get on the treadmill, and, and you know the first thing, the interesting thing about treadmills and all this exercise, the very first day, ah, 
The main people you are supposed to start small and increase. We will start with two hours and jog and jog and jog and jog. And then the next day you wake up, your bones are not happy. Your muscles are not doing very well. And then you begin to say, ah, I think this exercise business is not going very well. <laughs> you know, the exercise business is not going very well. And then you try again. You say, maybe if I miss today, tomorrow will be fine. You miss one day, you go back again. You go, before you know what's happening, your treadmill start gathering shirts. You start hanging your coat. You start hanging your, you start hanging your toe well and then you stop on it. The reason is because because freedom is a very expensive thing. Freedom is very challenging, it's very tough, it's very difficult. And God knows that the day you begin to realize, the day the children of Israel realize that they have gotten themselves into a very tight corner, he said that day they want to go back. That's why many of us revert back to old habits. That's why we revert back to old relationships. That's why we revert back to the old way of doing things. The reason is because it is familiar. It is easy. It is predictable. We are comfortable in it. It's our comfort zone. We are used to it. We know the risk. We know the things that are in there. It doesn't push us more than anything. It is not something that is out of the ordinary. It is something that we can control. Yes, it is poverty. Yes, it is slavery. Yes, it is bondage. But we can manage it. We have, come to, we have come to understand how it works and we have developed a coping mechanism for that particular situation. In other words, though the people were delivered, though Israel had left Egyptian captivity, they were still not free. They were still equipped. They were not yet equipped to maintain the freedom that God has given them to them. That's why the Lord says, these people, I think it's better for us to take the long roads so that they can understand what they are getting themselves into. So the Lord planned to take care, uh, to take care of that problem. And how did the Lord take care of it? Look at, uh, look at Exodus 13, reading from verse number 18. Exodus 13, reading from verse number 18. The Bible says, So God led the people around the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. In other words, this is the shortcut to take you from point A to point B. But I know that you are not going to be ready by the time you get to point B. So in order to make you ready for arrival at point B, I'm going to take you through the long road. So that in the process of meandering through the wilderness, you will learn some basic things. You will develop some muscles. You will develop some skills. You will understand what it means. In other words, to prevent Egypt, sorry, to prevent Israel from returning back into captivity, to prevent them from enslaving themselves, the Lord God Almighty said in order to be able to equip them to maintain and to sustain their, their, their freedom, I, the Lord Almighty, am going to take them through the long way. In order for them to develop the discipline, to develop the character, to develop the ability, the wisdom to be able to maintain the things that they have just been given, I am going to take them through the wilderness. And the question is, why the wilderness? Why the wilderness? The Lord could have taken them to the promised land and said, okay, you guys sit down. This is what you do when you get to the promised land. Number one, you have to wake up in the morning and shower. Number two, you have to wash your clothes. Number three, you, have, you can give them that lesson there. But how many of us have received lesson and you, as soon as you got up, you forgot every word that has been said? I don't want to say how many of us remember the message of last week because that will be putting people on the spot. But the point I'm making is that we don't learn by just listening. We don't. We learn when we experience certain things. We learn when we go through it the difficult way. There are people who learn, you know, the easy way. They learn by the experience of water. But majority of us will only learn when we see these things happen. And that the question that I ask is, why did the Lord take them to the long way? Why the way of the wilderness? The reason the Lord God Almighty passed them through the long, through the long way is because, number one, 
God knew that Israel needed to learn the difference between deliverance and freedom. There is a difference between somebody being delivered and somebody being free. You can be free, you can be delivered from a particular problem, but you are not free from the habits that created that problem for you in the first place. You can go through the debt release system. Somebody will write off your debt, you owe 10000 they say you should pay 200 and you pay the $200. But if you have not learned the discipline of maintaining money, you are going to end back, you are going to end up in the same spot that you have just been delivered from. So there's a difference between deliverance and freedom. And God knows that there is, because these people need to understand this thing, I will take them through the wilderness so that they can learn that lesson. And understand it. For those of us who are close to me, you help me say this. There is something we do when I was still growing up, when I was going to school back in Nigeria. One of the things we do in school is that they, they, they never, they promote you on trial. Say you have, you are supposed to go to the next class by 50%. And you score maybe 47, 48. The teacher looks at you, you are a nice guy, you are very quiet, you are like your face. And besides, I don't want to see you next year. So it pushes you to the next class. That is what is called promotion on trial. In the kingdom of God, there is no promotion on trial. You gotta learn the lesson. And if you don't learn the lesson, you are not going anywhere. That's why people repeat the same mistake over and over and over again. Because they have not learned the lesson that will take them to the next level. So God knows that for them to know the difference between deliverance and freedom, they have to go through the wilderness experience. Number two, Israel needed to learn that it is one thing to be set free from captivity. It is another thing to walk in the freedom that you have been given. Two different things. You can receive healing. Okay? But if you don't obey the laws of health, you will end up back being sick. It's a very simple thing. So, there is a difference between deliverance and freedom. Number two, the reason why the Lord took them through the wilderness was because God wanted to teach Israel how to make a transition from deliverance into freedom. There is a transition that has to take place. There is a development that has to take place in your mind. There is a growth process that has to take place for you to be able to move from being delivered to being free. Because if you have not gone through that process, they can give you a million dollars today. If you have not learned the discipline of keeping money, if you have not learned the discipline of making money, if you have not learned the discipline of multiplying money, you are going to lose that million dollar in no time. That's why people who win the lottery, many of them end up broke. It's not because money don't like them. It's not because they are allergic to money. It's because they have not learned the discipline of keeping money. And they have not made the transition from deliverance to freedom. So God knows that in order for the children of Israel to learn how to make that transition, they have to go through the wilderness experience. That's why he took them there. Number three, the Lord took them through the wilderness because God wanted Israel to develop a freedom mindset. There is something that is called the poverty mindset. There's something that is also called the freedom mindset. When you develop a freedom mindset, you'll find out that even if you're living in confinement, your mind is free. That is what we read about. That's what we studied this morning in the book of Philippians. Though Paul was in jail, Paul was being restricted. Paul was in shackles. But his spirit was free. He was able to write those letters. He was able to deliver those who are in captivity. He was able to do great things, even in captivity. So God was trying to tell the people, he was trying to let them understand that Israel must develop the mindset. You cannot walk in freedom when you are living in shackles in your mind. As long as your mind is shackled, 
As long as you believe that the problem of your life is caused because of one white man, or caused because of one black man, or caused because of one particular corporation, I tell you, poverty will never leave your doorstep. But when you see yourself as the determinant of your future, and that God is the one that empowers you to be able to succeed, you find out that your mind is free. And because your mind is free, you are able to achieve those things that you set out to achieve. And God is saying, the only way these people are going to develop this mindset is when I pass them through the wilderness experience. The reason number four, why God took them through the wilderness, is because God knows that sudden freedom has the potential to overwhelm. When you drop somebody in the middle of freedom, they have never seen it before. They have never known it before. They have never experienced it before. It has a tendency to overwhelm them. And when it overwhelms, if it is not properly managed, it will send them into captivity. It will send them into slavery. And God had to gradually introduce the concept of managing their own affairs to them. And that's why he sent them through the wilderness. The Bible tells us that the very first day after their food was no longer provided by the Egyptians, God started raining manna from heaven. And the Lord gave them a very simple instruction. That instruction is gather enough for one day. Okay? Gather enough for, for one day. And on the weekend, gather two days what? But because these people are so used to be provided food on a daily basis, what happened? They gathered on, on, on the Sabbath day, they gathered only one day. And then the next day on the Sabbath day, they were going out looking for manna. And God said, I told you, gather two days. The point I'm trying to make is that when freedom is suddenly delivered to somebody, it has the potential to overwhelm. That's why kids, when they go to college, they misbehave. Kids that have been sheltered, a girl that I've never seen a boy before, or a boy that I've never seen a girl before. Or you have never seen a, somebody has never whispered that sweet nonsense into your ears. At the end of the day, when you see that boy telling, oh, I love you. Ah, you are the best thing that ever happened. Ah, this is an angel. You know that person is lying because he has never seen an angel before. But he's telling you that you are an angel. Anyway, you believe that kind of nonsense. And at the end of the day, what happened? You start doing things you are not supposed to be doing. You are supposed to be going to class and studying, but you are not studying. The reason is because you have been given freedom. And it's now overwhelming. You don't know what to do with it. You have been so loaded with that freedom that you don't even know what to do with it. And unless it is properly managed, unless it is properly managed, you will find that you begin to do things that will put you into slavery. And that's why some people are hooked on drugs. That's why some people are hooked on sex. That's why some people are hooked into, you know, into, into a credit card fraud. Because they are spending more than they can account, more than they can, yeah, they can afford. The point you are making is that when freedom is sudden, it overwhelms. And God is saying, these people have been given this very huge responsibility. They don't know how to manage it. For me to introduce them into this concept, I need to introduce them, I need to introduce them through the way of the wilderness. Most importantly, God led Israel through the wilderness because God knows that deliverance is instantaneous, but freedom is a process. Okay? God knows that deliverance is instantaneous, but freedom is a process. You can, you, you can meet an anointed man of God who lays hands on you and you are healed. But if you are going to continue to remain healed, you must learn how to eat well. You must learn how to exercise. You must learn how to, you must learn how to develop good, healthy habits. That takes a while. It doesn't happen overnight. The same thing. Somebody might come in today and say, ah, this pastor, you are a nice man. All the debt that you owe, all your student loan, I'll pay it off today. Boom. If I have not learned the discipline of how to keep money, what happened? We'll go back to the same circle. Freedom is a deliverance. is instantaneous. But freedom is a process. And God knows that. So that the children of Israel are not under any illusion that God will always continue to kill the Egyptians for them. That God will continue to 
turn the water into uh, turn the rivers of Nile into river. Now God will continue to give them gnats and uh, frogs and other for them to be for them not to be under that illusion. God took them through the wilderness because God understood that there is a process to the issue of freedom. Now you can open the gate for a prisoner to walk out, but it takes time for that particular prisoner to learn how to adjust back into society. Okay. He learns how to understand because here's a man who is used to knowing that for him to go and pee, he has to take permission. For him to close his eyes, he has to take permission. To wake up, he has to take permission. To sleep, he has to take permission. He's used to a regimented life. And now all of a sudden you throw him out there and you say, okay, go and do whatever you want to do. And the man begins to wonder. There's this particular movie, I don't know how many if you, anyone who has seen it, it's called uh, Shawshank Redemption. You see this, uh, you see Morgan Freeman going into that man. He says, sir, I want to use, the, and when he was, I finally when he was released, the man said, hey, you are a free man. Use the bathroom anytime you want to use it. The point you are making is that you can open the gates for a prisoner. But it takes time for them to get adjusted. The same thing. The things that you are praying for God to give to you. The freedom that we are seeking. Those freedom, the deliverance from the, from the captivity of the enemy can be instant. But it takes time for you to understand. That's why the Lord took them through. That's why the Lord took them through the wilderness. Exodus thirteen eighteen again. The Bible says, so the Lord God led the people around the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up orderly in other rank out of the land of Egypt. The question this morning is then is, what is this process of freedom? What is this process of freedom? I want to see if I can accomplish this in less than 10 minutes. The process of freedom. What is it? The process of freedom that we're talking about. This is a series of actions or steps involved in achieving freedom. The series of steps and action that an individual takes to achieve freedom. It is a sequence of interdependent action. In other words, one action leads to the other, prompted by God and executed by the individual seeking freedom. In other words, God gives you a spark, a vision, a hunger, a dissatisfaction in your spirit. The individual that is desiring to see that vision actualized begins to take steps to the fulfillment of that vision. And before you know what's happening, it begins to lead in the road of what? In the road of freedom. You take financial, you take financial freedom for, 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 for an example, you are driving down the road and you get to Green Hills, where our sister was spending the night last night, looking at what the second, looking at what the other one percent are doing. But that's a story for another day. So when you are driving, you are driving in, the, in Green Hills, and as you are going, you are looking at these big houses. These are beautiful, well manicured lawn. Everything is looking good, and some of them even have gate men. Some of them you need to press button to get inside, and you begin to dream. Ha, I want to live in this place. Ha, I want to endure this kind of house. And then you see somebody bring out a Bentley or probably a Maserati, and then you see all those wonderful cars. Say, wow! This is good. This is what life should be. And then you begin to wonder, ah, there's a collection call that is waiting for me at home. There are people who have not paid my car notes. I have not paid my rent. Ah, this is terrible. I want to get here. How do I get here, Lord? How do I get here, Lord? The Lord now tells you, if you ask me, I will give you, but you need to do some discipline. And what happened? The Lord begin to put you on the road of discipline. Then you now begin to save your money. You begin to cut expenses. You begin to buy things that you don't You begin to stop buying the things that you don't need. You stop seeing sale as sale. And you begin to see it as a way of taking your money. I still do not understand how somebody will say you save money when you are spending it. But that's a story for another the point we are making is that and when you talk about it, the process of freedom is the step-by-step action that you take that will take you from where you are to where you need to be. So, but one thing you must understand is that that process of freedom is always initiated by the Almighty God. Because it's the one that gives you that vision. It's the one that opens your eyes to see that this is not the way you can live. You can live better. Your life can be better. You can aspire to something better. You can, you know, you can be all, you can be more than what you are right now. The process of freedom starts 
and is initiated by the Almighty Lord. The reason is because we are all created with a yearning for freedom. We all want to express our God-given talent and gift. And we all have this vision, this dream, this, asp- this aspiration to soar very high. And you cannot do that in captivity. So that vision is there. It is God that creates it. And when this vision, this hunger... Is now acted upon. The Lord God Almighty now gives you a promise. When you look at it, and you look at the scripture, and the Lord God Almighty says, whatever you lay your hands upon to do, to do you, to prosper. Everywhere the soul of your feet shall tread upon, I will give it unto you. When you see the promise of the Almighty God, that is the next step. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.